Hi, I'm Deirdre Fitzpatrick, and this is the Dying Desk Podcast. Have you ever met somebody and you start talking to them and you just have this instant chemistry based 100% on shared professional or personal experience? That is exactly what happened to me with today's guest. Latrice Curry is a news anchor at WRCB-TV in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and it took us, no joke, easily 20 minutes to actually start the interview on Zoom because... We just had one of those crazy instant connections. We started comparing our stories like, where did you start off working? How long were you there? Then what was your next job? And you've been at your job how long? And it mirrored my story like almost exactly. And we'll talk about that, you know, in the interview. So, I mean, just indulge me for a minute on that because it is so rare that I meet somebody, another woman, who made basically the same professional choices that I did and basically for the same reasons in my business. It is such a transitory kind of career for most people. And it's really interesting to find somebody else who decided to vest in one place and see what kind of a difference you can make. So it was just super fun for me to meet Latrice, kindred spirit for sure. And I was introduced to Latrice through my current executive producer at KCRA, Danielle Wilburn, who thought maybe... I might want to read her old anchor, figurative, not literal, her old anchor's book about a near-death experience and what happened after she survived that experience. And it is a crazy story. So it starts in 2019, pre-pandemic, and basically Latrice had just dropped her son off at college. Life was pretty good, seeing the empty nest thing, ready to embrace it. And she was heading out, getting ready to go meet a friend at a church event. And she had a pulmonary embolism, which is, I mean, layman's terms, a blood clot. And what was weird about this is she was the picture of health, like normal, healthy, made good choices, basically her whole life woman. And it happened to her. So she has this blood clot. Three weeks later, three weeks later, she wakes up to find out all this crazy stuff had happened to her. She'd had a bunch of surgeries. She had been in the hospital. People weren't sure if she was going to make it. And it took her the next six months to start learning how to do everything again. So like how to walk, how to talk, how to remember things. And it's just wild. Like no indication that this was about to happen to her. So how did it happen? On paper, Maybe she shouldn't be alive, but she most definitely is. And she's actually back to her job, news anchoring a noon and five o'clock newscast. She has resumed life as a mom and a wife. She's back in the community making a difference. And like life is, you know, more or less back to normal. I mean, oh, oh, and then she had a pandemic after that, like the rest of us. But that was probably a piece of cake after the other stuff she'd been through. Um, and I guess it got me thinking, like the thing is we all go through big things in life, right? Hopefully not as big as what Latrice went through. But everybody's got their stuff. And when life goes south, there's a moment when you've got to make a choice on what you're going to do with the knowledge from the experience. So some of us will choose to move on like nothing's happened. And maybe that's the right choice for you. But what if, humor me here, you sit back and you ask yourself the question, what was the purpose of that horrible event. So it kind of falls in the same food group as everything happens for a reason, except that 
This is a little bit more active. Like sometimes I feel like people say everything happens for a reason so that they can kind of put it on somebody else, like, you know, maybe God. Um, but this is a little bit different because this is really sitting back in like in an active way saying, well, why did that happen? What was the purpose? And really specifically asking what was the reason and then actively going and doing something about that. That's basically what Latrice did. And her new book is called My Journey, Finding God's Purpose and Power. And it just came out in May. And it's kind of like MapQuest for life's roughest moments that take you down those streets you don't have the guide for, basically. I'm just trying to ask what Latrice did while barely conscious that gave her a shot at surviving that blood clot. What she advises all people to do to better their chances of a freak health problem. What it was like to become the story instead of being the one anchoring all those stories on TV. Wait until you hear what the outreach from the public was like for her. And then how we can all find our purpose when life deals us a bad hand. This is like actively looking at the event and studying it, trying to figure out what the real reason what the real purpose is, what you can learn from something, and how you can then move things forward. My new BFF, Latrice Curry, is my guest this week on the Dying to Ask podcast. I'm Deirdre Fitzpatrick, and I've been anchoring morning news for more than 20 years. I thought I had seen and covered it all. Then came coronavirus, a pandemic, anchoring in my living room, homeschooling my kids, and all the things that come with COVID, including a vaccine. It was supposed to get us all back on track of living our best Instagrammable lives. Best lives-ish. The reality is we're still untangling what life looks like in a world post-pandemic. A lot of people describe a sense of never-ending overwhelm and anxiety. Is that just what life is like now? Or are there ways we can get back to living in the now? And this season of the Dying Desk Podcast is asking how we can hit the restart and start living again. Latrice, welcome to the Dying Desk Podcast. It's really nice to meet you. Thank you so much, Deirdre. It is a pleasure meeting you and being here as well. It's fun because we, it took me a while to even get the podcast started because we kind of hit it off instantly because we have very similar career paths. We so do. you and I can really relate to a lot of things here in terms of the choices that we've made in life job-wise. We have a lot of connections and you're right. That was one of the first things I just enjoyed kind of getting to talk, talking to you um, because we do have those similarities and connections and we've kind of been on that same road for a while. <laughs> for a long time. So yes. tell us a little bit about you, where you live, the station you work in and what your job is. I am currently right now at Local 3 News, the NBC affiliate in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And um, I am now the noon anchor and also the 5.30 anchor. Before that, I did the morning news, um, which you're very familiar with for <laughs> 17 years. And I've been doing uh, this one now for five years. Before that, when I first came here for about a year and a half, two, uh, maybe three years, um, I was a night side reporter and also did weekend anchoring. So um, I've been here and I've become a part of this community and part of the fabric of this community. And one of the things too, is I find that, you know, it's not just a job. It is really when you get into this profession and you say, you know, I wanna make a difference. I wanna be involved in this community. I consider myself as well an advocate. Some of the things that I'm big on was health. I do medical reporting and of course, 
you know, definitely have care about that now even more than I did before. Um, but it, it's so many things that, you know, that is who I am. I am also, I'm a wife, I'm a mother and um, active in this community and my organizations. And I really do feel that it, it, it really is about touching people's lives and getting out there, getting involved and trying to make a difference. Okay, so because we have such similar paths here, I can ask you a couple of questions that I always get. Do you get asked the question, why did you stay here? I get it. I get it a lot from people. And it comes from two completely different paths with most people, I think. You do get that question. And, you know, one of the things as I was telling you before, you know, over the years, you wonder, you'll ask yourself, you get those leads and it says, hey, are you interested in this job? Are you interested in that? You even maybe go on some interviews. And in the end, something maybe just doesn't feel right about it. Um, it just, you know, like maybe the timing's bad. Um, maybe it's just not what you thought it was. And you end up back where you are. And I think that, and then you say, you know what? I'm here for a reason. Mm -hmm. And um, I truly do love this community and this is home for me. And, you know, this isn't just a job. Um, this isn't just a career, but it is a passion and it's a part yeah. of me. So I think that that is what you find. And so I consider myself very blessed to have been here this long and to have been such a part of this community and just have so many wonderful people um, that I've met in relationships over the years here. Right. You know, I always say, because um, often I get it, I hear it from younger, usually younger women in our profession who just kind of wonder like, why are you still here? Did you have to still be here? Or, you know, whatever. I'm like, no, I chose to stay here. I chose. I chose to stay here, which is a very different thing to realize that you found a place that's a good home for you, but also is a good place to live out some of those things that are important to you and your values. And that's really what you're talking about. So again, it's just so nice to connect with you because we, we have made very similar choices, I think, for similar reasons. So, okay, so let's get to how we ended up chatting to get together um, today in the first place. You have written this new book called My Journey, Finding God's Purpose and, and Power. Power. And it's based on a highly personal experience you had before the pandemic, we've heard of a lot of people during the pandemic or after-ish the pandemic <laughs> talking about making like major life choices or reevaluating. You kind of were forced into doing this back in 2019 when you very unexpectedly experienced a pulmonary embolism with zero warning sign that your life was about to get flipped. I did, and it's 2019. I'm going about my life, um, and you know, it's one of those things where. Um, probably like you, you know, we go 24 seven, seven days a week. We are, whether it's something we are doing work related, whether it is some type of involvement we have with the community, with boards or organizations. And so I'm just constantly going about my life and it just dropped my son off to college. My only son it was about to become an empty nest or some other changes that happened in life. And, you know, it was just, okay, here I am. And then I got back to work that Wednesday, I believe it was, after dropping him off and going through the week. That Sunday, Saturday, I talked to a friend that Saturday night, one of my best friends, and uh, said, hey, I'll see you tomorrow morning at, at this event for our sorority this, at church. And um, she said, okay, um, we'll see you tomorrow. And then Sunday morning, got up, noticed this little tinge in my leg. 
And for some of us, we call that like a Charlie horse, an official term. Mm-hmm. And there, so I'm stretching my leg and doing it, massaging it. And then I'm like, okay, got up. Everything's okay. Um, then I'm getting ready and I'm going in the kitchen to get my coffee and getting ready to head out the door. And I usually don't take my phone in the kitchen with me for some reason that morning, had it right in my hand. And the next thing I know, I am on the floor, my kitchen floor, looking up at the ceiling and literally it is, the ceiling is just spinning around and I'm getting dizzy, dizzy, dizzy. I take my phone and I call my friend back. Um, She was the last number that I called the night before. Luckily she, and and one of the things, and I say this too, and I'm going to stop this just to say, people always say, you know, was it luck? It wasn't luck. I don't believe that at all. And I know that, you know, that that wasn't the case. She goes, Latrice, I'm usually in the shower right then. And for some reason, I hadn't gotten in the shower because if things could have turned out a lot differently, if she had not answered my call that morning, because I don't know if I would have like been able to actually process being able to make another call or even to figure out 911 to put that together at that time. And so anyway, she answered the call. She said, Latrice, what is going on? She kept, And then she kind of, you could tell she started screaming. She's like, Latrice, Latrice, she's screaming out my name. And I'm like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on. And I, she's like, and so she said, stay on the phone with me. I'm calling 911. She got her son's phone or another phone, call 911. I'm on the phone with her. And the next thing I know, um, I'm in the ambulance and I wake up like three to three and a half weeks later, over three weeks. Wow. wow. And so what had actually happened during those three weeks? And when you, you know, you see this kind of thing in a movie, like somebody wakes up and like a, a huge amount of time has gone by and, and people start filling them in on what's going on. I mean, do you have memory of waking up and people starting to tell you um, like yeah, what's been going on? I do. I remember when I first started waking up, I remember um, my father uh, coming in. And and one of the things too, that I'll say about this, this happened. And I remember now my best friend, I went back and read, she had sent me something. Of course, I didn't see it then I was sick, but she said, when she heard this, this was uh, right on the year anniversary that my mom had just. Mm. And so my dad, um, you know, gets this call from my best friends up here and my brother and my family, they all come up here, but you know, that just on the years, he's still, you know, processing that my mom, they've been married for 56 years, had passed. And so he hears that, you know, he just talked to me the day before. So when he hears, he's like, what? Latrice is sick. I just talked to her. And uh, so my dad, my brother up here, and I remember coming in and I'm still a little bit out of it, but my dad comes in and he has this big smile over his face and he goes, Latrice, he goes, do you, do you know who I am? And I remember that I see these doctors standing on both sides of him. And I kind of pause for a minute. And I'm like, yes, you're my dad. And he goes, okay. And he smiles and the, he looks yeah. at the doctors yeah. and they smile. And I, I later learned that, you know, they had told him that, um, look, she's been out of it for three weeks. And at first, the first thing they even said that first night, they did not think that I was going to survive. And they had actually gone to get my son from college. Um, one of the deacons at my church, um, who I also happened to have gone to college with, he and some of my son's friends um, were still, you know, they drove up that night to get my son and said, your mom's sick. They didn't tell him what. And so, um, yeah, they had basically prepared that I may not make it that night through the night. Wow. For people who might not know, what exactly is a pulmonary embolism? It's a blood clot. So what happened, I had a blood clot that lodged 
between my heart and my lung. And so everything began to shut down. Everything mm. that could go wrong did go wrong. Um, so it was just like, um, and I, I think that when they talk about the amount of blood, I actually did uh, held a blood drive with Blood Assurance um, to raise awareness about giving blood because the massive amount of blood that it took to save my life, they were constantly for that first couple of days, just pumping blood in and out and, um, and making sure that um, I was getting fresh blood products. Um, so it, it's just so many things that you don't think about. You know, I never mm -hmm. really, I told someone, thought about, I read this, about when you say give blood, I've given blood before, but never really thought about it. Now I thought about, oh my goodness. Um, and one night we were actually delayed. I needed another continuous transfusion. And we were delayed because we had to get a certain kind of blood product. And so um, you don't think about these things. And I told someone else what I did not think about is now every time I see a fire truck, or an ambulance because actually the fire truck and I remember meeting these three gentlemen there in my book the first ones who were at my house that day um, from the fire station the nearby fire station before the EMTs uh, got here with the ambulance but in an ambulance now every time I see an ambulance I don't just you know you pull over and I remember someone saying recently oh gosh people show patience and respect when you see these emergency vehicles mm -hmm. I said yes I said because you know what you don't want to be the next one who has to take a ride. Yeah. In Gives you a whole new level of empathy when you go yes. through something like this yourself, yes. for sure. So how long were you off the air? I was off the air for six months. So for anybody who's off the air that long, you know, when we take a vacation and it's, you know, longer than a week. Um, you're starting <laughs> to say, hey, are they okay? Did she get fired? Why'd she yeah, get fired? Exactly. <laughs> Did she get fired? Did she leave? <laughs> so you could imagine um, when I was off the air for... For, for six months. So yeah, yeah. half a year. So at what point, and I'm so glad you're well, you look, I mean, I'm not a doctor. I read a lot of medical <laughs> stories, just like you on TV. Um, you look very well. You look, you are the Thank picture you. of health. I, I, I honestly say I am doing so much better. I am doing better than anyone ever could have expected awesome. um, that, that I would be doing after um, what happened. Okay, so because I think you and I are very alike, I think I probably would have had a similar um, kind of post reaction to this where I would have sat back and gone, well, what was the purpose of that? Yes. Is that basically what happened to you? That is, that, and you start to say, what is the purpose of this? What am I supposed to be learning from this? What am I going to take away from this? You know, am I just going to go back to just doing what I was doing before and, you know, not really even thinking about this? you know, that I should be on a different path maybe and I should have learned something from this and take something away from this. And that is what I've been able to do with this. And you take this and it's like, so you turn this pain and you turn this situation into purpose in your life. And it truly has given me um, a new voice as well mm -hmm. because you feel and I, and I say this, you know, we talked about this on these similar paths. As you come into different stages in your life, you start to feel a certain level of confidence anyway. And you say, I'm finding my footing. And, um, or do you stop, or do you stop caring about some of that stuff? Yes, yes. <laughs> Maybe the same. Yes. And so you say, I know who I am. And so after this, it became even more empowering to say, look, 
after what I've been through, I certainly know who I am and I have a purpose and I'm going to live out that purpose. And I have been truly humbled by this, how this touches other people to make them question and say, you know, so what is my purpose? What is it that I'm supposed to be learning from this journey that I'm on? How can I embrace this journey and, and, and move forward in life and really make it worthwhile and something that counts? Was it difficult after so many years of telling other people's stories and not being the story, which is how you and I were raised in newsrooms, that we are not the story, was it difficult to all of a sudden be that publicly transparent and vulnerable about that? It was. It, it really was. Um, one of the things, like, I did not even at first want to share any of the pictures almost at first of kind of that I took during this entire process. And then I said, you know what? Yes, I am. Because when I look at that person and then I look at this person who I am now, I was like, how can I not share that? You know, to say, you know what? I don't look like this every day. I didn't look like this for six months. I could barely walk, had to learn to walk again. I was you know, rail thin. I think that was one of the things too. Um, had a big scar from where I'd fallen over my face. And I actually, you can't probably see it now, but I had gone at first to start to get it professionally covered. And then I was like, you know what? I'm not, I put makeup on it, you know, when I go to work, but you know what? I'm not because I just look at that. And when I look in the mirror, that just reminds me every day of how far I've come. So, you know, I mean, it's one of those things that, yes, did it take a moment to make yourself vulnerable? And it really was putting it together and telling this story because I had it all up here and it was like, and in here, but like, okay, how can I convey that? And one of the things that I always tell people, anything that, you know, as a good storyteller, you want to make your words come alive. And so that people are drawn in and that they really feel a connection to what you're saying. And so that was my goal with, I was like, if I'm going to do this, I want to make sure that I accomplish those things. So as you started to write the book, what did you decide were the big takeaways for people? Because hopefully we don't all have to like, you know, fall down no. on our back, on our kitchen floor. I don't want to go through what you went through. No, I um, don't, I don't want anyone there, else to There must be. <laughs> There's got to be a simpler way to get to this like, place that you're way. in. So what, think, do you think, what, are the, what are those keys to it? What are the big takeaways, do you think, for all of us to really like sit back? I mean, if you haven't done it post-pandemic to kind of figure out who you are, maybe there's no hope. But like, what do you think are the, like, the keys to like sitting back and saying, why am I here? What can I give? How can I be of service to people? How do we do that? I think that's what's so important is that you really are, you're saying, you know, how can I embrace this journey that I'm on wherever I am right now on this journey and realizing that, yes, there are going to be high points and low points, good and bad. There are going to be some really tough moments and, you know, you're going to face some obstacles and say, you know what, but I think again, then what do I take away? And also how do we handle, and I think this also says something about the character and who we are, how do we handle adversity? 
in our lives and challenges in our lives. Because you know what? It's a guarantee. If you live long enough, you're going to be faced with them. And so how do I handle those? How do I move forward? How do I pivot? And then also, one of the things I say to people too is that um, in one of the last interviews I was doing is that, you know what? It's important to also make sure that you connect with people, that you cherish and that you nurture relationships in your life because you don't know when those relationships, when those people will be gone, when you will be gone. And so I have learned that even more now that, you know, not only family, but those special people and friends that you nurture those and that you let people know how you feel about them, that you make that connection and you continue to do that. And I think as women, um, it's really important. I always say this for us to lift one another up as well, um, because there are so many we, we carry so much weight on our shoulders and, you know, whether it is mom, whether it is wife, whether it is professional, whether it is a community leader sitting on a board, whatever that role is, um, we carry so much weight on our shoulders as women already. And so it's so important for us to support and lift one another up and make those connections and to nurture those relationships. How else do we find our purpose? I think that one of the things too is that you really do have to be honest with yourself when you say, what is it that I learned from this situation this, that I was in? What is it that I learned from this adversity that I faced? How do I take something positive away from that and move forward? And, how, and, and ask yourself this, how am I making a difference how am I changing the life, not just my own for my betterment, but for others around me as well? How am I doing that? And so I think that that is something that we have to ask ourselves. So if you're to look at your, your story critically, what's the thing that you learned or that you had to admit after it? That you can't do everything, that um, it's okay to ask for help. And I will tell you, I was one of those before who someone would say, Latrice, do you need something? I was like, no, I'm good. I don't need anything else. I can handle it. I'm fine. We're, we're and, the same person. Yes, we really are exactly, the same person. <laughs> exactly. And then when I found myself like here on my couch and, you know, I couldn't really do much for myself and my friends would call and say, okay, what do you want for dinner? The old Latrice would have said, oh no, I'll just go in my kitchen and get something. And I literally would say, okay, where are you going? Tell me what's on the menu and let me choose. And so, I mean, it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to need help. It's okay to say, I can't do everything. And then again, on the other hand, say, use your energy in a positive to say, how can I make the most and difference in this organization or for this cause, or how can I truly have an impact? Not just doing something to do it, but again, how can I truly have an impact? Because when you do something, you want it to be worthwhile. You want it to count to make a difference. 
Yeah. I feel like a lot of what you're talking about is there, there's similar things that we, we often get there, but it takes us decades of living to get to that point, to recognize it. Do you think that, you know, 20 year old Latrice would have listened to this or read the book without having the experience and said, well, that seems like a good idea. I think the 20 year old Latrice may have read the book and said, Hey, that's a good idea. But I don't think the 20 year old Latrice would have gotten it. I think I we think saw that, it on Oprah. We just didn't really follow through. Yeah, exactly. We saw it on Oprah all those years ago. We just didn't really <laughs> understand it. And so I think that again, this comes with two living. Yes. Um, as we live, we learn. And mm-hmm. so I think that that comes with that. And that goes back to kind of originally when I said at this point, when you lived a little and you learned a little, and you begin to get your footing and you say, and you have this air and this confidence and this focus and you have this voice and you say, now is the time that I know why I am here. I know what I am supposed to be doing. And so, but I say that it doesn't mean that every day is going to be perfect. It doesn't mean that, you know, we still aren't gonna have those pitfalls. But it means that now I know where I am and where I am supposed to be, where I am headed. And I have that footing and I have that direction and I have that focus in my life. And so, and I think that, and and just kind of the bigger picture though, um, is something that I do kind of tell younger people to make sure is though this whole thing going back to your health. And I did mention this is that in addition to like this truly being a miraculous story, Um, it's a story of, let's just be real here. Um, I had to give myself a fighting chance. And to this day, my surgeons and doctors talk about how Latrice, I don't think there is any way that you would have survived all of those surgeries in that episode and the beating that your body took if you had not been healthy. And so I think that is so important. Because I tell people, give yourself a fighting chance. Mm. Don't handicap yourself with illnesses and conditions that you don't have to have because you eat too many fatty foods, you drink too much liquor, you drink too much, you know, Coke, or, you know, you don't drink enough water. Um, So, you know, these are all things that on the front end that I do tell young people, take care of yourself now, because 15, 20 years from now, you want to make sure that your body is in good shape and that right. you are healthy. Do your doctors know why it happened to you? They don't. And oh. um, the hospital, um, Erlanger Medical Center, they were saying that they were using my particular case as a case study um, for doctors um, because they don't know why that happened to me. And they looked at every reason and there is no obvious reason um, that this could have happened to me. And they said, they looked, they were like, you had none of the underlying factors, no risk factors um, at all that um, would have signaled that something like this could have happened to you. So Gosh, that's still so scary. So scary. So scary. So, so now what, what are you going to do with this? I mean, the book you is out. I am going, as I've written this book and I think that one of the things too, as I um, have started doing book tours and just um, speaking and just really, you know, I think 
going out and not only sharing this story with women, but hopefully empowering other women, other people as we are on this journey and how we embrace our journey, how we look at life. And as we get that message across, because there's so many people facing so many issues. And like I said, it, it doesn't have to be, and God forbid, it doesn't have to be a medical emergency like this, but so many other people I've talked to different things in life. How do we deal with that? How do you move on from this? And how do you find again, purpose in your life? So yeah, because you can spend a lot of time, you can spend a lot of time and energy dwelling when bad things happen when we all have. Um, but it, in the end, isn't good for you in a lot of different ways. So I think that's such a, such a amazing thing that, you know, you were able to see that and then also to kind of share that journey with people. And you know what, it really was able to see that and to share that. And you know what, it was like, maybe I had a pity party for a day. Um, and I realized, oh my goodness, you know, the situation that I'm in. And I think the pity party really hit when I realized I couldn't walk at the time. And I was just like, you know, what am I going to do? And then I started, I tell people the way I got through this is what I, and I couldn't also, motor skills weren't there. I couldn't even write my name. Um, I had to start by doing, I had people bring in crossword puzzles for me so that I could start doing that and, and, and start, you know, with the cognitive skills again as well. And it was just like, and I remember looking back now at some of those crossword puzzles and you could see the lines were really big and they were crooked because I didn't have those motor skills right there. And I'm just thinking, oh my goodness, how is my life ever going to get back to normal again? So I remember then when I was finally able to go to rehab, because my first goal was, I've got to get out of this ICU. I'm becoming depressed in this ICU. I want to get to rehab, a real room with a real bathroom, at least, and a window. <laughs> oh, and that was the thing I tell people for six weeks. So I was in this room. There was so much equipment in this ICU room that I never knew whether it was day or night because it was all blocking the window. And I would ask them, uh, the staff, when they would come in, they said, Latrice, that was always one of your questions. What time is it? And um, so they put this big sign up over in my room that would say a.m. or p.m. So I would know whether it was morning or evening. Um, and I remember when I was finally able, they put me in the wheelchair and I had to go to an appointment when I could finally start going in the wheelchair. And I remember the first time I passed through this hallway and there was this big open window in the breezeway. And I remember I just asked them, I said, please stop. And they were like, Latrice, are you okay? And I said, yes. I said, I hadn't seen sunshine. I had, oh, you know, wow. I hadn't seen outside in weeks. And it was just this moment that came over me. Um, and they just, and they, you know, they stopped, they realized, you know, they, and they, and they were like, yeah. And so, guess, so guess, it just kind of let me look out the window. Two final questions for you. The first one is, um, what is something these days that is a don't for you that you no longer will do that pre this experience you did do? Like, what, what have you just been like, mm, not doing that anymore? Say yes to everything. Mm. <laughs> I, knew, I knew you were going to say that. I knew it. And you're probably there too, Deirdre. You know how that is. It's like when you're in this, and, and people, I guess, think that we don't sleep or that, you know, we can go to a function at any time and, you know, it doesn't matter. And like it's a morning show, I remember they would ask, and even though I don't do morning shows anymore, they would say, Hey, can you be somewhere at seven o'clock at night? It's like, 
I'm getting, I need to be getting in bed by then. But, um, you know, and so I think it is, and just put things into perspective. Um, but as far as what I don't, but I think that's basic. I don't say yes to everything. Oh, and I don't sweat the small stuff. I don't sweat the small stuff anymore. Um, you know, it's like, it's okay. You know? Yeah. yeah it's okay. okay. And then the last question I have for you is what is it like being back on TV now? Um, doing the job, knowing that everybody knows all the stuff you went through because you were so transparent. Like, are you different doing your job, do you think? And do you hear that from people? I do. I honestly think I have this um, different sense of energy about me um, that people do know. And I want every time you see me to radiate that to you, to radiate that energy, to radiate that positivity to radiate that confidence to radiate um that credibility whatever it is and so yes I do think when I sit down on that news desk every day I do think that yeah oh let's just what a story what a story I'm so glad you're well and I'm so glad we got to meet each other tell people where they can find the book and keep up with you you can I don't think anyone can actually keep up with you from what I can tell (laughs) but but how do we find the book well, you can find the book at um, Amazon and also you can find the book at latricecurry.com. So either one of those, you can find the book. And also I share a lot of that um, as far as what I'm doing and where I am and some of the uh, my appearances and so forth. You can find that on the website, latricecurry.com That's as great. well. Yeah. And then the book is called My Journey, Finding God's Purpose, God's Purpose and, and Power. Yes. I'm so glad that my now executive producer, and I believe your former executive producer, producer. our our connection is Danielle Wilburn, who I now work with in in Sacramento. And uh, I am so thrilled she forwarded the email about your book to me. And she said, I think you guys might like meeting. I'm like, oh yeah, we did. And I was going to say, and she goes, Latrice, she goes, my morning anchor, Danielle, is going to call you. And that was like, I was like, this, like, because I was like her morning anchor. So it's like, I was like, oh, she's like, yeah, you'll love her. And I was like, and she was so right. So, yeah. So, Dan, so we do have that Danielle Wilborn connection. We will. All right. Well, um, come out to California and we'll take you out to lunch. I think that would be great. I am. I'm going to take you up on that. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. And best of luck with the book. Thank you so much, Deirdre. I hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I clearly did. Smart, classy, kind, empathetic, beautiful inside and out. I just really loved getting to connect with Latrice Curry and uh, make that connection and have that awesome conversation. She is she is really, she's something else, like in the best way. Um, and then just one final thought. Now, I know that Latrice's book... Um, has the word God in the title. Um, And I think it's interesting, you know, it's my journey finding God's purpose and power. I know some of you listening, maybe God isn't the person who's driving your life, so to speak. You know, that isn't where you find the ultimate power and purpose. And it's a little bit more inner and inward. And I think that that's kind of the point of her book as well, is that you can look at this and not necessarily... um, go the religious route with it. But you could also look at it from just a personal standpoint and say, okay, here's everything that happened. What am I going to do with this? What have I personally learned? And what are the choices I'm going to make from here on forward that maybe are going to better my life or maybe better the lives of those around you? So just a final thought on that for what it's worth. (laughs) 
Thanks for listening this week. If you'd like to reach out, you can always send me a message on Instagram at runreadsip. And if you have an idea for the podcast, feel free to throw out guests or topics you think might be good for an upcoming show. If you have a moment to leave a rating or review for the show, I would love it. It's a big, big deal in trying to grow a podcast. So if you have a moment, wherever you're listening to us right now to leave a rating or review, I'd be very grateful. And then maybe think about sharing the show with somebody. If you heard something in here and it resonated and you thought, oh, so-and-so would love that or get so much out of that, um, try texting it to them. I do this all day long, probably too much for people. I'm like the matchmaker of podcasts with friends, but I do love sharing things because I like to like ask them later, hey, do you ever listen to that? You want to talk about it? <laughs> I do it a lot. So thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for rating and reviewing. And thanks for all those things. I'm Deirdre Fitzpatrick, and I'll catch you next time on the Dying Desk Podcast.